0: listening to the final take we're your hosts i'm nelson Wynn and i'm tim cox
1: this is a conversation podcast where we talk tv film and our love for it all oh man that was that was real bluesy right there thank you i was, I was making love to the camera i <laughs> making love to the microphone yeah all right don't lick the mic <laughs> no never seven inches away uh <laughs> Seven inches
0: away <laughs> oh, This episode yeah. is already derailing <laughs> That's right Oh Well, this episode we catch up on our most recent content After life getting in the way in the last couple weeks I don't know if our tens of listeners have noticed, him, But uh, um, we haven't had an episode drop in a couple weeks
1: Yeah, I think like two weeks
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, illness in my family again, cause yeah. I have a six year old in kindergarten and we send him to the Petri dish every day and he brings stuff home. Yeah. um, And just work in general for you, right? Like we have not been able to get together the last two weeks. Yeah. It's been crazy. yeah.
1: I've been like super busy with work and then, um, you know, and also, you know, uh, have, we're having some transitioning, you know, in life and stuff like that. So I've been like exhausted. So I haven't really watched a whole lot, but we're going to catch up on the things that we have.
0: Well, let me tell you, Tim, let me tell you, Tim, as someone who's recently been sick and has had nothing but time to consume content. There you go. I'm here for our tens of listeners.
1: Okay. Well, hey, (laughs) well, let's just let our tens of listeners know that uh, if they're new to our podcast or they've been around for a while, help us out smash that like and subscribe button. Give us a five-star review on any and all the platforms you're listening on. Maybe even tell a friend or a loved one about us, the final take and share the link to this episode.
0: Not maybe Tim, you need to
1: do or do not. There is no try.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. By all means, share this episode with a friend,
1: share this episode. Yes. Sharing is caring. So, Hey, Newsworthy stuff, I don't know if you yeah. heard this, but but they had SnyderCon, for those who don't know, Zack Snyder, the director, directed the uh, DC movies that, uh, I don't want to say they failed. It was Let's really just say just
0: divisive.
1: Divisive, yeah, yeah. Mainly, uh, um, I don't want to say critical or commercial failure. I'll, I'll say uh, uh, executive was level like, failure.
0: It was like a critical, commercial
1: I wouldn't say a commercial um, yeah. failure. Those movies it made was, money.
0: Well, no, that's what I was saying. It was like a critical yeah. and commercial, like eh, right? Like yeah, they didn't make a ton of money. Like they didn't they didn't make like Avengers money. But well, they did you know, well. well they, Avengers they, didn't
1: make that money in the beginning anyway. They sure you know, they did adjusted well, for inflation. So, that's they what made I'm saying. Comparable,
0: like 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 they covered the the studio costs and turned a little bit of a profit.
1: Right, right. And it really coming off the heels of Dark Knight, Dark Knight rises, you know, uh the studio wanted a billion dollar film right out of the gate, which isn't possible. Especially, you know, Man of Steel coming out with a unknown actor as Superman um at the time. And you know, um so I would say I'm gonna say executive level failure, but yes. hey, so SnyderCon um, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that that was the topic.
1: Circling back, yeah. so they they, they uh, screened um, for for a, a charitable event. They screened uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. And oh yeah, I
0: remember. I remember that. Yeah, she would text and he was
1: me on hand it. to yeah. do some uh, Q and A's and stuff. Right. So uh, every once in a while, some of these questions would pop up. So there was a question of the R rating on Batman V Superman for the theatrical release. It did get eventually get a PG 13 rating, but, um, and then the ultimate edition was rated R, but so the MPAA motion picture association of America, who rates all the films, those people are a bunch of subjective, those people, those people, you people, people, (laughs) um, they are a bunch of subjective weirdos, who just feel like rating films. It's like they have no guidelines, you know, because I, I know there there was a film Except called around
0: the F word. Except around the F word, remember? Except that.
1: around the yeah, except around the F word and how many times it's used. And they and um Oh, well, of course, nudity, sex, that kind of stuff. But a lot of stuff is very subjective. Like I yes. think um South Park wanted to name their this, the original South Park movie, like South Park um to hell and back or something like that. And um they they objected to the word hell in the title and so they rated it yes. R or whatever. Yeah and, but and,
0: but bigger, longer, and uncut. Yes. That got by
1: because they <laughs> that didn't realize the standards. <laughs> they didn't they weren't aware of that. So um so when they give you a rating, they actually give you a the rating on a card just like that says the like when you see it on the, on the little green band before a trailer. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so they didn't realize that. So they like wanted their card back after it was bigger, longer and cut. And they're like, no, you gave us our card, but there's a documentary film called this film is not yet rated. That really dives deep into the MPA rating system, you know? So they tried to appeal Matt, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone tried to appeal their, R rating on South park. And mm-hmm. um, you can't mention any other movie. You can't compare it to anything else. Well, oh, this interesting! Is, you know that kind of stuff. So,
0: um, really, so then, you can't. You can't be like, well, well, this, this movie, movie got this. A ra- got this rating, and we right. do the same exact thing. Right. It's no no
1: different than this. So they won't let wow, you do that. Wow, that's really interesting. That's why it's so subjective. So mm. these the MPAA pe- board, um, you people, they um, objected to batman being very mean and the fact that he fought superman and so uh they gave it an r rating because of that you know they kept going they kept going back and forth on a lot of stuff and I, i and now i understand why zack snyder had to cut a lot of things that he eventually put back into the film and and for the r rating ultimate edition but um but they objected. they were like hey can't superman and and Batman just have a disagreement and then shake hands and be friends and then fight the bad guy at the end. And he's like, "Well, they do fight the bad guy at the end, but they have to get through all of this stuff to get to that point." And he's yeah, like,
0: but but here's you know here's the the danger in that is your ratings board editorializing, right? R- right, like mm-hmm. absolutely, like, you know giving an R rating because two heroes are fighting like,
1: yeah. what? And that's, it was straight out of the comic book, you know, and it was just so, it's so ridiculous, you know, just to, just to kind of have that type of subjectivity when it comes to rating a film. But I mean, I mean, it it, you know, the, the ultimate edition is a very far superior version because it, it really left a lot of things, um, just a lot of questions on things when they have this theatrical release. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of plot holes on this film that that really got plugged when it when it, they added the extra 30 minutes into it, just little, sure. little little seconds at a time, you know, that were little blips that just basically plugged all these plot holes. But, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I just thought it was kind of humorous to sit here and, and hear about that. So that's something that kind of made the news, you know, made the trades. So, but... Yeah. Good anyway, times. yeah. So let's talk some content.
0: Yeah. So so, so I've been watching a lot because you've been watching a lot. I've been sick and sitting around. A lot of sitting. Or around. I was like taking care of a sick kid and sitting around. Sure. And so lots of sitting around for me these last couple of weeks. So I've seen a lot of content. Mmm. Yummy. How about you, so, Tim?
1: Well, uh, well, let me just jump in first on this on my content because by all means, yeah. Okay, so like you know, I, I work from home and so um, I don't like to work with any distractions. So I prefer the sound of clocks ticking more than anything else. And then my kids are going to get ready to get out of school. So that sounds just about gonna, right. Yeah. Oof. So um, so I, I haven't really watched a lot. We've had a lot going on and stuff like that. But um, I've been current on Ted Lasso and Barry but um we're nice. we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna conclude we'll Dead do Last, recaps so. for both of those, we'll, yeah, yeah, so, um, but Barry man, that's just like sinking into the abyss. Uh, it's got it it went from a really hilariously dark comedy to just a very dark, dark film like show. So yeah, not a lot of humor, not 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 the kind of humor that they used to have, but <laughs> sure, but yeah, it was um, uh, uh it's, it's just, it's really getting psychological, really getting deep. You know, and the, I, I was reminded how funny the show was because a reel popped up on Instagram where it showed, um, uh, Barry was talking to his girlfriend and she wasn't really digging somebody. She's like, I'll go over there and take care of it. What are you going to do? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'll just go over to their house and they're like, you're going to beat him up. Nah, not really. I mean, just get over to their house and just. Go inside, you know. Maybe rearrange some things. Really get into their head, make them think they're going crazy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, and so their mind will eventually consume itself, you know. And so, um, you know, to just really deep, deep drama, dark drama. So, um, you know, I'm kind of hooked. This is the last season, so we'll, we'll see how yeah. how it ends. But, um, and there was one, uh, and I think we should probably do this as a future show because, um. I watched Tenet yeah, when it came out the first. Oh yeah, first Christopher Nolan film I have. I didn't see in the movie theater. You know, being a well, big Christopher Nolan you know, fan,
0: the pandemic and all. <laughs> yeah,
1: hashtag <laughs> COVID. It's over. You know, the world um, is shut down. <laughs> yeah, so so we watched it on the big screen in, in our living room. Yes, and so I was like so intrigued with this show and uh, this film, movie. and I wanted to. Yeah turn it around and watch it immediately again. And I never got the opportunity to I think it's like two and a half hours long. I think I've
0: watched it like four times.
1: Yeah. It's so good. Maybe five. Yeah. But it's so complex.
0: It is. You just
1: don't get it. I I, I think I'm really going to have to watch this film. Look, it's not three, three more times.
0: It's not a Christopher Nolan film unless you have to rewatch it multiple times. Yeah, because there's like, things you just, figure like everything an onion. Out. Oh, yeah, it you is. you just peel the onion. You really kind
1: of catch up on a lot of things. And and that led me to Dunkirk as well, because I saw that once, the original, oh, the first yeah. time in the movie theater. Yeah. And, you know, you I, I, I realized there are three different timelines going on at the same time at the end Spoiler. of the night. Spoiler alert, man. Oh, my God. This thing is like 10 years old. <laughs> um, so, but the but I didn't really realize that it was the, the people on the beach was a week. Yes, the people on the boats were a day. Yes, and the people flying were like two hours or whatever. Yes, yes. So it wasn't they're they're at different timelines. No, they're, at the, they're just they're in they're in their time period. Yes, you know. Yes. So
0: their they their their story is just playing out at a different pace. Right. So, um, and just, Christopher Nolan is just weaving it all together like a like a like a maestro much better than any <laughs> Quentin Tarantino film. Hey, look, we're not this we're not we're not here to litigate whether Quentin Tarantino is, you know, a, a brilliant writer and director, which he is. Uh, we're we're talking about Tenet.
1: Okay. We we're, we're talking about Ten- Dunker. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so so I I had started watching Dunkirk and but I had finished finished off Tenet and um, sort of watching Dunkirk but um, yeah I just um, been on a bit of a Christopher
0: Nolan kick yeah and um, so, so know, on really so on me. re so on rewatch is there anything uh, is there anything that you picked up on that you didn't see the first time well you know the the for Dunkirk the
1: the timelines didn't really register at first I didn't really pay much attention to it because yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't as significant until you are approaching the end of the film. Sure. Because um, they all converge. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, um, and, and then Tenet, you know, you just really are trying to understand the whole backwards and forwards at the same time. Oh, man. Brilliantly in Memento. And this was really just kind of a very complex expansion of Memento, you know, starting with the short-term memory loss because of like the – the film was like kind of going forward and backwards at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, there, and so he just kind of really expanded on that kind of concept for an entirely different story, you know? So I, you know, I, but tenant, I, I did have to watch in like three spurts. So, um, I, I definitely want to have the time to, you know, sit down and watch that again. So,
0: yeah, it, it, it It's definitely one of those movies that like puts your brain in total knots, Mm -hmm. like trying to unravel everything, especially when when they have to start traveling back in time. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the 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 genius of time travel that Christopher Nolan has introduced in Tenet Mm -hmm. is you physically have to travel back in time. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's not like you know other other time you know time travel movies and and TV shows where it's like you know you step into a time machine and then you're blipped you know forward or back in time or you you know what I mean like you jump into a car that you know rips a hole in space and and you're and you're able to jump forward mm-hmm. or back right like right. literally you have to enter a machine that flips your entropy and then you have to physically travel back in time. Yeah. And then you have to have it flipped back forward and then you're physically traveling forward in time again. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, And, and so, I mean, I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely his most complex story. Yeah. Which is saying something between yeah. like Interstellar and Inception. Um, and Inception. Any film that starts with an N. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, the Prestige was very was very psychological when you it, finally it, figured it out.
0: It was, but it was all just leading to a twist, right? Right. Yeah. It, it was all true. just like breadcrumbs leading to, you know, as opposed
1: to leaving it reveal. to the audience to kind of figure it out.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas. Whereas those movies, you know, there's there's layers of complexity and like, you know, multiple timelines and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Anyway. It is. Yeah. Tenet's very good.
1: Yeah. So, hey, why don't you jump in here? Because you, you've seen quite a few things.
0: Yes. Yes. My. My. Uh, so. So we'll go through. Mm. <laughs> all of these is as quick takes, right? Cause sure. I, I've I, only, I've seen them. I'll provide my take on them. Um, okay. <laughs> when I was looking at it, when I was, when I was telling you, when I was texting you all the, the, the shows and then, you know, the platforms that were on, I didn't realize that how diverse <laughs> This list of shows was that I'd mm-hmm. watched. You're all over the place, man. Uh, all over the place in terms of genre, in terms of streamer or platform, or or even uh, even medium, right? Because because it goes from like streamers to broadcast to mm-hmm. theatrical. So yeah, it's a little bit a little bit of everything. So I'll I'll, I'll provide a brief synopsis if I can find it. Mm-hmm. And, unless you want to like Google ahead and and find it for me, okay. um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give a quick a quick take on each of these. Okay, I'll um, Google I'll, ahead,
1: but let's let's start with the diplomat, and I'm going to give it a uh, quick. Um, uh, Felicity goes to Washington.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so funny. That's exactly what I thought. It was like, wow, Felicity grew up and. Started working for the government, <laughs> right. became a became a a, a, a career bureaucrat. <laughs>
1: Felicity becomes a spy, and then becomes a government employee. No an yeah. American political thriller. Um, oh, there's uh, re- unrelated to the British series of the same name. So I guess there's so another... Here,
0: so I found, I found a uh, synopsis here. This is IMDB, okay. so I don't know yeah. if this is the official synopsis or not, but in the midst of an international crisis, Kate Weiler, um, mm-hmm. played by Carrie uh, Russell, a career diplomat, lands a high-profile job for which she is not suited with tectonic impl- implications for her marriage and her political future.
1: Oh, and...
0: This is so starring... she cheats on her
1: husband. Because <laughs> you don't mention the marriage for nothing. I, I already got that. No, right.
0: no, no. So so a starring Carrie Russell, Rufus yeah. Sewell, who you mm-hmm. might know from a I number being a villain in a number of different shows and movies, but yeah, um in particular you might remember him as like the the bad guy in a night's tale.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Um David Gaiasi. Isn't it? Speaking uh, of Interstellar. Um he he's in it as a um as the foreign secretary for, for the UK. Um let me see if there's anyone else you might recognize. Maybe not. Um so so this is so this is on Netflix. Um they dropped the entire season of episodes, eight episodes. Um you mentioned it's like Felicity. So Carrie Russell famously launched her career as Felicity. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, she's kind of playing a version of that character, right? I guess it's like the yeah. best actors are playing a version of themselves. And, um, you know, this show, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, how the heck are they going to make, how the heck are they going to make diplomacy fit for television. Like how are they going to make that sexy and, um, and uh, uh bingeable? And then you watch the show, Tim, and you're like, damn straight. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was created, it was created um uh, by, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm pronouncing her name, right. Deborah Khan. Mm hmm. Deborah. I don't know how she pronounced it. Well, anyway, she's, she's, she's known for, for being a writer producer for Grey's anatomy. Okay. Homeland, the West wing. Okay. And so like political drama, uh, um, just like drama, love triangles. Like she's, she's done it all. Right. And so, you know, I was surprised with the amount of political maneuvering that they had in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised. So, so let me rewind back. Okay, so the 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 main character played by Carrie Russell, she she's a career diplomat. She's she's always been, you know, like the like the 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, like deputy chief, right, to her husband, who was like a really famous politician, played by Rufus Sewell, right. Um, basically, like he's like a rock star politician, kind of along the lines of like if you know, um, like young Bill Clinton, right. It, it's not kind Ted of the Cruz. way, not Ted Cruz, but not like Josh Hawley, no, no, <laughs> no, Jim like Jordan. like young Bill Clinton. Uh-huh. But, like, qualified, like, like, uh, like, Obama. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So, so like, at times he's portrayed as, like, too relaxed in the face of international crisis. Mm-hmm. And too, like, you know, shooting from the hip. But then... You know he has a lot of connections internationally, and like he has a lot of back channels to, you know, like Iran and, and and the Middle East, where he can call, he can make these calls and like set certain certain things in motion, right? To to get people to the table, mm-hmm. to it's like if they took the Model UN and they're like, let's make a sexy show out of it. <laughs> nice, uh, sexy. But it's, it it's. It's actually really, really good. Cool. Um, surprisingly, it was actually suggested to me by my brother who like the breadth of a lot of his his viewing is like, is it funny? Like, is it a comedy? And then no. Right. But he saw it. He was like, this is really good. He told me about it. So um, I I binged it in like two sittings. Uh, damn. Yeah crazy. It it's uh it's like it, it is like Felicity meets the West Wing. Okay. So, cool. It's a watch. All right.
1: Well, next up, I'm just going to cover those who's starring in it. Uh yes. Richard Madden, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Stanley Tucci, and uh, some special appearances by Moira Kelly and Timothy Busfield in the f- Amazon Prime series Citadel. Yes. Executive produced by the Russo brothers.
0: Yes. So, What's your
1: thoughts on this?
0: This show, Tim, is one of those that like you you hear the buzz and you hear the trailer and you're like Russos, check. Richard Madden, check. It's a sp- it's an action spy thriller. Awesome. Sign me up. And then you watch it and you're like, "Oh, eh do You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I, I heard like, that
1: there were some issues with uh um it was like a, a an ad for all things Amazon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's it's so it's kind of like it's kind of like the worst bits of what makes Amazon work, right? oh, Okay. <laughs> so like so they have, they have the deep pockets to lure, to lure filmmakers like the Russo brothers to make yeah. premiere TV for them. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they just say like, here's a blank check. Go off and make something for us, right? Um, make, make, do, do what you guys do. Make an action movie or make an action show um and they went off and did mm-hmm. um and you know with the star power and the producer's name behind it names behind it um and being like richard madden doing his best like pierce brosnan in remington steel you know like audit- pre auditioning to be the next james bond you know what i'm saying like yeah it, it's like the first episode like he struts. It's like it, the the first scene of the first episode is on like a high speed train, and he walks in, and <laughs> you know, um, he's all like he's like smoldering and bluster, and Ooh. you know, it's like it's like spy cross talk, you know, sure, um, but it's not like. I I don't know. Like, I felt like I should have m- been more engaged, and and I wasn't. It didn't mm-hmm. grip me at all. And when that I was. say it's kind of, and when I say it's kind of the worst parts of of what makes Amazon what it is, is uh-huh. they is like they money whipped the the Russos into <laughs> into doing it because it's a three hundred million dollar production, Tim. That's crazy. So they just threw money at it, mm-hmm. and so like. And then, like at every step of the turn, there's like corporate synergies of, you know, this actor is is, you know, wearing these clothes which you can order off of Amazon Prime. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So yeah. so it's like all of those things that like you know you know we talked about like Daisy Jones and the Six where there's corporate synergies there where they had to create uh, uh, an album for the band and they released that album. And it became like number one, right? Mm-hmm. And and they sold and they sold a bunch of, of downloads on, on Prime Music. Right? Um there's that corporate synergy that just like feels natural and awesome. And then there's the corporate synergy of you wanna look cool like this guy? Buy all these things off Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and have them delivered tomorrow. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. and and, and, and like the chemistry isn't quite there the they're not breaking any new ground in the spy story yeah right cuz like it's kind of futuristic fi- spy story it's like spy versus spy mm-hmm. it's like there's a plot twist and you know like there's a an element of spy wakes up without knowing their identity so you know it's like it's a, like a lot of things yeah and yet, it's about nothing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah.
1: Somebody, somebody probably just had a lot of um, con- like really good concepts that they're just trying to string together. You know, good something good that's good can conceptually, but at the same time, you know, just they just can't get the actual story arcs going. They can't get the the plots going and, and really working for the production, you know?
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, like I mentioned how, how Richard Madden is doing like his best James Bond audition. Yeah. There's literally a scene. I don't know if it's the first or second episode where he like hurls him. Okay. So, for all I said about about Citadel in terms of starts and stops, yeah, there are actually some pretty compelling action sequences. Well, of course, there's action sequences, but because <laughs> that's like the Russos, right? That's like yeah. they 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 cut that's their teeth doing the action action sequences for uh, on Community, yeah, um, and then mm-hmm. and then they like and then they did ca- a Captain America movie, and then we're off and running doing you know all kinds of crazy Marvel oh, yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so, so
1: funny of, of of anybody who actually ended up making the some of the biggest movies of all time, biggest action films of all time, are two TV directors. Oh yeah, you know it's so crazy.
0: Yeah, so so there's a scene in the second episode where Richard Madison's character is Mason Kane, which is like a classic spy name. He hurls himself off the side of a cliff lands on, like, the nameless henchman who somehow deployed a parachute and is, like, hanging there. So he hurls himself on that, somehow, like, gets the guy to, like, they they both fall off this crane, and so they're, they're flying off the side of a mountain with the partially deployed chute. He lands. At some point, he gets skis on... And so he's like skiing down this mountain and then like these other henchmen compare shooting in with machine guns and skis. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you've seen in at least like four Bond movies. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then at one point he like gets a, gets a gun and like he does like a, like a somersault, like, you know, not somersault, but like he like spins in the air and shoots the two henchmen and then lands perfectly and can c- continues skiing down the mountain right mm-hmm. so it's it and I was like, oh man, Richard Madden's really going for it. He's really going for that like the when when they do the reboot of Bond and they want a real a younger actor <laughs> right <laughs> um you know and, and then um what her name what's her name Priyanka uh, Chopper Jonas like she's okay like i think she's going for a real femme fatale thing and right. it feels a little out of place too she's not known for having good chemistry
1: in anything it, she's done
0: yeah i'm she's she's she's, she's okay yeah. right there's definitely times where where she's believable mm-hmm. as as a, as a super spy and then there's other times where it just it feels like she's really just playing a part. Sure. Sure. So anyway, cool. good all times. Right. I I think it's a skip. Um, right. Sounds it, like it, it might. It might be a stream if you're like, I've watched all the like the entire run of Bond movies and I watched everything on the, the born identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it's like. I'm into spy like if you're into spy movies and, and you've watched everything and you're like, I don't feel like watching, you know, uh Casino Royale again. Yeah. Or I don't feel like watching the Bourne Supremacy for the you know thirtieth time, I'll watch Citadel. Okay. Right? So it's like a light watch. But especially for, you know, spy movie TV aficionados. Yeah. Still a lot. Still still, well, still, hey, still, a,
1: still, a stream. They're bringing back Jack Ryan pretty fairly quickly. Oh. Uh, next month. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good times. It's, Let's do it. That's right. So. <laughs> All right, moving on. We okay. got a few more and,
0: and yeah, I, got few I don't want to run
1: long. Yeah. Okay, so um, Perry Mason, the classic uh, attorney starring uh, Matthew Reese as Perry Mason. Also, Juliet Rylance. Tatiana Maslaney, John Lithgow, Justin Kirk. Um, some are so they're coming back for season two, and uh, some are, some were just specifically for season one, like Tatiana Maslaney and
0: yeah, John yeah. Lithgow. So season season two just ended actually. Just oh, okay, they just finished their run on season two. Okay, so um, this has been a show that's been in my queue for a long time. Yeah, like it was it was like a stream a solid stream where I was like, oh, I know I'm going to love this." Because speaking of Kerry Russell, um I I really like The Americans. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that that FX show. Um it was starring Kerry Russell and
1: <laughs> Kerry Russell goes, "The City goes to Russia." <laughs>
0: no. No, they're like a sleeper sleeper a, a sleeper, sleeper team. Cell. Yeah, yeah a, a sleeper cell of Russian agents. Um, and uh, and and she started it with Matthew Reese, so mm-hmm. uh, so I knew this was a show that I would want to watch, and I just never watched it. And then season two came along, and so I was like, "Oh crap! I need a I need to actually stream this." So mm-hmm. it's like the prequel to the classic TV show, sure. where like before he becomes, you know, this like amazing criminal attorney. Um, a defense attorney like what happened to him before right yeah and and so you know matthew reese definitely makes the character his own and obviously like when you're talking about a show on hbo max modern day hbo max versus you know the black and white we only have three channels on TV.
1: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> Version of the character, like the yeah. stoic, you know. Um, he's definitely a lot more just like grimy and visceral. Sure. Um, kind of film you know, noir. Yeah. It's a, it's, and I love noir. I yeah. love noir. Yeah. Even, even down to like the jazzy, bluesy soundtrack, the sure. show just, all of those elements cuz it takes place in the 1930s mm-hmm. right so there's there's a lot of like talk about the great war and then it's like during the depression and um and he's like inexperienced and so there's a lot of there's a lot of like failure um, in all the strategies that they're trying, right? Um, but he's a fighter. Um, and and so it's like all the – I don't know if you ever watched Perry Mason, but I did as a kid because it was like the black and white, you know, the yeah. the, the replays in the afternoon, you know, mm-hmm. along with like the Andy Griffith show when we were growing up. And so I used to watch those. And, you know, all of the classic characters are there from from Del, from the show like Dallas Street um and uh, like his, so show that's like his she's like his his uh his secretary in the show but in this version of it you know she 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 starts out as a secretary but then you know she 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 wants more anyway um it, it it's so good mhm it's it's incredibly well acted. Like Matthew Reese is incredible.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and Juliet Rylance, who plays Della Street, his his assistant slash paralegal slash going to be you know uh, a partner eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's so good. It's moody. It's the perfect noir. It's definitely yeah. a watch.
1: Cool. Yeah, I noticed there's there's a couple of people that um, they're theater actors. Um, Jefferson Mays, uh, looking at the cast list here. Jefferson Mays plays Virgil, Virgil Sheets. Um, he was uh, won a Tony Award for uh one-person play called uh, "I Am My Own Wife," which also won the Pulitzer Prize um, for drama. Mm-hmm. Um, saw that, and then uh, well, uh, Nate Cordray was uh, he was in "The Graduate" when they made a when they made a uh, play at a Broadway play out of that. So he's uh, also uh, Rob Corddry's little brother. So yes. But yeah. yeah, I mean, looking at these, this cast list, I mean, Gretchen Maul is Perry Mason's ex-wife mm-hmm. uh, season one. In addition to John Lithgow, you got Steven root uh, red stapler guy from office space. Yep. Uh, who's basically in everything. He's in, he's in Barry, uh, Robert Patrick, Lily Taylor, Matt Frewer. Um, it's, the second season. We've got um Sean Aston is in it. Hope Davis. So it, it looks like
0: it's got like quite uh quite some guest stars in this in the show. Let me tell you something. This show's amazing. Yeah. And and I'm sorry I didn't watch it earlier. Yeah. I think and, you may have turned me onto that. I didn't pick up on it until after the second season started, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, the best it's time. time, right? Chris Chalk as Paul Drake, uh-huh. who who eventually becomes like his go to um a private investigator, is incredible. He's incredible in this in this uh, uh, in the show. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh Shea Wiggum, uh who plays Pete Strickland, um, uh, another one of like his 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 private detectives. Um he is really good.
1: Yeah. Well that's cool. All right, yeah. Well it's a watch. So yes. all right, so uh Absolute let's watch. move on to Mrs. Davis, which is yeah. a science fiction comedy drama series. Starring Betty Gilpin as a nun using her faith to take on technology, with a supporting cast of Margot Martindale, David Arquette, Elizabeth Marvel. Um, Yeah, just looking at the the cast list here: Uh, Ben Chaplin, some uh, Tom. I, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. The guy who plays Hans Ziegler, but he's popped up in a lot of stuff. Tom. Lashida. He was in the last season of um of uh Stranger Things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So don't know. Oh. So um yeah, what do you think of this? Oh my gosh.
0: Oh uh-oh. so okay. <laughs> so every now and then a show comes along that like it kind of has no business being good or at least like being it, it like it kind of defies expectations right yeah because it's a peacock it, it's 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 a peacock show so it's not even like like NBC proper yeah right it, it, it they made it's it it's on the cock the, yeah it's on the cock <laughs> they made it for the streaming platform, which again, it's like, you know, they have to, they have to mm-hmm. make investment in, in, sure. in streaming content, in streaming content. Yeah. So it, it, it almost, it's like, it's like, um, if the Da Vinci code, the book, not the movie, if the Da Vinci code had a baby with pushing daisies, Mm right yeah so it has a little bit of that like fairy tale kind of like the the score is very whimsical uh-huh and you mentioned that it's like comedy action dramedy a little bit uh-huh. where you know th- there's there's a bit of like kind of slapstick in it it's not i don't think it's meant like there are some just like really dry funny like the, the the humor in it's almost like british humor how dry yeah. it is um and and like it hits you like a few beats later where you're like oh that was hilarious um yeah. but but the reason why i mention it's like the da vinci code is because it's like in this case without giving too much away it inv- it, it it involves a conspiracy of um, I- involving the the, go- the holy grail and uh, um, uh, Betty Gilpin, she plays um, Simone, who's who is a nun, who is being pursued by this all powerful AI, which in the show, which the show is named after, Mrs. Davis, and so she's kind of in this conflict with Mrs. Davis, right? Where Mrs. Davis yep. is trying to like get her to be be like a user and an ally, mm-hmm. but but Simone wants to take her down and destroy her because like she doesn't trust her like an all-powerful AI, right? Yeah. And so and so there's like there's like a bit of a bit of that like action chasing around, trying to hunt for the, the holy grail. Um but then it's also like sci-fi and um quirky and all these like crazy characters are, you know, kind of surround this, you know, this journey that she's on. So it's just it's 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 fun. Um I, I wouldn't put it up there on a watch. Um I would say it's it's a really hard stream. Um it's like it's really genre specific, right? Um, sure. well I wouldn't say it's really genre, like it's it 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 crosses a lot of different genres. Um and it's like lighter fare for sure. Uh, but it's a fun little show. So if you're looking cool. for a change of pace, um, yeah, I, I would say it's a stream. Okay, good. All right, next up is Carnival Row. A
1: uh, little show. It's an American fantasy television series starring Orlando Bloom and Carla De La Vina. I Don't know if Cara I pronounce Cara that right. <laughs> Yeah, Kara <laughs> I don't Carla know. Delevingne. I don't know why I came up with Carla. It's <laughs> tired. Yeah. And then of course of course David Gaiasi again pops up here. Of course, I'll pa- this is a skip for me. Cause uh not a fan of Orlando Bloom's acting. Uh,
0: this is a show that I've wanted to be good so bad. From season one, so it's season two. Yeah. this is season two that that that's starting the stream and and I didn't realize how much time had passed from season one to season two. Season one was 2019 yeah um and, and there were parts of it that like it wasn't the best I mean it's 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 interesting because it's like kind of like steampunk, victorian sure. fantasy. So a lot of fantasy elements because of the the fairies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and and, you know, like Orlando Bloom's supposed to play kind of that classic Victorian rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. R- rough around the edges, you know, cop or inspector, right? Um He's not quite believable the whole time. It's supposed to be <laughs> Shocker. It, it, <laughs> so it's trying to be like it's trying to get have like Sherlock Holmes vibes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite get there. Oh, okay. And then like steampunk vibes, but it's not quite steampunk. Yeah. Um, an epic fantasy, but it's not quite epic enough. Yeah. Um they do a really good job of of world building. Like it feels like mm-hmm. a lived in established world. Mm-hmm. It's just the characters and the actors are not necessarily believable. Sure. Um I will say David Gaiasi very good. Of but course. He's a really good actor.
1: Yes. Um uh, you won't see Orlando Bloom in a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> <laughs> that is for certain.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh he's uh, I mean he's a standout in any anything that he's in. He's yeah. very good in the diplomat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also good in this. Um but otherwise it's uh, yeah. It, 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 again, you know, we mentioned before as kind of Amazon going to Amazon on this where they just sure. like throwing money at like it was when Jeff Bezos was going through his, you know, get me the next game of thrones phase and they're just like throwing money at at uh uh at creators that had like fantasy mm-hmm. epic fantasy concepts and he was just like produ- they're like producing them all mm-hmm. um and so like i i wish it was better but it, i think it's a skip yeah
1: okay fair <laughs> enough all right. Well, we're getting into some movies here that you've seen too. Yeah. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy on Disney Plus starring Jude Law as Captain Hook. Peter uh, or Alan Tudyk. I almost called him. What was he? Uh, oh, no, I was thinking of dodgeball where he was steve the pirate and peter Oh,
0: steve the pirate peter yes for yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> alan tudyk who you may remember as steve the pirate from that's
1: dodgeball. right and uh jim gaffigan is me oh um yeah. yeah yeah so what what are your thoughts on this one
0: i wish it was a tv show
1: you wish it was the, a tv this, show
0: i wish it was a tv show this mm-hmm. this movie is once again proof that TV or long form storytelling, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is the better medium for adapting, adapting books and series of books. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just because you have that that that
1: longer narrative, you know, you you look at any of like um, Stephen King's novella; they've been fantastic as films, but those things are like one hundred page stories. You know, sure. not even that, um, but uh, but you you get some type of epic novel, with the exception of Peter Jackson. You know, sometimes his stuff goes a little; it's a bridge too far, like The Hobbit. Sure, but um, but yeah, you, you you really need that extra layer of storytelling. You know, the extra time it to just flesh felt like, out the story.
0: Well, and especially for for like a kids, a kids movie, mm-hmm. and 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 something that's generally meant for children yeah um it's it's not enough runway Mm -hmm. not enough space for the for the characters to you know get enough time in yeah and it's almost like that's it right when it's when it's over right yeah Um, that's good and, and and it was good it was entertaining i watched it with my my son on disney plus and he loved it and yet i was like this should have been a tv show like, this would have been much better, even if it was like a a four episode show, like a, a, a real limited series or something. Um, they just needed, I felt like they needed more runway to explore, like, Neverland. Right. And, and I mean, maybe they're just doing the Disney money grab thing where, where they're just, they're, they're doing the, the live action version so they can keep their IP, I, I guess. Um, because it was like nearly by the books retelling of Peter Pan, the from from their animated version. Um. But I I I wish it was a TV show. So like okay, the the kid that they have playing Peter Pan, the um, uh, Alexander uh, Maloney. <clears throat> um, he's like the best Peter Pan. In the last, like however many Peter Pan, really like movies that they've done, he's he's really good.
1: Where Better you know he's like
0: Robin Williams. Oh uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Pan.
1: I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. <laughs> ah, the peeling spawn, how I despise
0: it's, them. So, so he plays like, so he's perfect as Pan because it's yeah. like, uh. A little bit arrogant, very sure. playful, dismissive, but also mm-hmm. caring. Right, like ignorant, okay. but also knowledgeable. Right, so sure. so he 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 plays it very well. Nice. Um, he's very good. And then Ever okay. Anderson, who plays Wendy, yeah. Um, again, like she's fun. And then like you wish that you could have more time with Tiger Lily, and you wish you could have more time with Jude Law and and as Captain Hook and, and Jim Gaffigan as Smee. Uh, but like before you know it, it's like over. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and Alan Tudick as just their dad, who's in the very beginning and very end, like criminally criminally underused. Sure. I, I mean a bummer. they could have had him as Smee. <laughs> yeah. I no know, offense to Jim Gaffigan. I love Jim Gaffigan. Oh yeah. But he could I have love- been an amazing SME. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, all right. Well, um what do you think? Obviously a, a watch.
0: Uh, I mean, because your kids are going to want to watch it, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know we got to do It's scared. between a
0: watch and a stream, right? Like Yeah. Like it's good. It's it's good and it's a fun watch for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, But if you don't, if you miss it, or if you, you take your time to get to it, it's not a big deal yeah.
1: either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, last one. Oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, starring Chris Pratt, Dave Batista, uh, and everybody else. We all know who <laughs> they are. I'm like Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel as the voices, Zoe Saldana.
0: Keep going, keep going.
1: Um, oh gosh, Karen Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. Who else? Am I missing something? Uh, oh Pong yes, the Clement High Evolutionary.
0: TF. The High Evolutionary. What's his name, uh, Tim?
1: The High Evolutionary. Who's that? I don't even have it up on the page. Oh, um, gotcha.
0: Who's the High Evolutionary? Ch- Chuck Woody Iwaji. Is that how it's pronounced? Who? Oh man, he plays the villain. <laughs>
1: Um I'll have to look it up. Let me see.
0: Um Chick Woody? Is that his name? In any event, in any event, we held Go out ahead, for I'll long enough. Up. We held yeah. out for long enough trying to get you to a theater to watch it. I know. You haven't seen it. So this so my so my quick take will be spoiler free. Okay. If you haven't Appreciate watched this you. movie yet, you're in you're if you haven't watched this movie yet, you're insane like Tim. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy. But, uh, so it picks up. I'm not spreading
1: up- my germs in a movie theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so look, I'm not gonna give a take on. My take on it is watch. Like you gotta go watch okay. it. And sure. Like you got it's 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 a masterpiece. It yeah. is I've I've seen I've seen quotes on online of people saying like the guardians trilogy is my new favorite trilogy, like sci-fi trilogy next to star Wars. And when I first saw that, I was like, what? And then I saw more people. I saw more people saying along the same lines. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. And then I did something and I was like, Oh, maybe they're right. So, so it's a watch for sure. Yeah, And I did something curious after I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I was like, what if I went back through and watched the MCU from the Guardians of the Galaxy's perspective? Mm-hmm. And so I went and watched. So the movie picks up after Thor Love and Thunder or like midway through Thor Love and Thunder, right? Or no, no, sure. no, sorry. Sorry, it picks up after the the the, the Christmas special, which oh, picks yeah, that's up, which right. which which happens shortly after Lo- Thor: Love and Thunder. Okay, uh huh. So, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go through and watch the MCU from from the Guardians perspective, and so I went through. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy one, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I watched Infinity War, but only the scenes where there was a Guardian of the Galaxy in it same with same with uh Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. and then i watched Thor Love and Thunder and the Christmas special mhm and let me tell you something yeah i think i agree it's in terms of just sci-fi Crazy thrill ride, laughs, and fun, and heart, and adventure, and and it just keeps you guessing the entire time. Yeah. Like, James Gunn is an incredible writer and director. Nice. And seeing the entire arc of just The Guardians... Mm-hmm. And, and and I understand like the the Avengers was not written like their appearance in the Avengers was not written directed by him, but apparently he consulted on the story, sure, um and and the script with with their part for their for their scenes, uh-huh. um, but after watching that, after watching that, you know, um, the entirety of the Guardians' screen time in the MCU, sure, my my goodness what a triumph when you think about like what the MCU is and what they've been able to accomplish in terms of filmmaking and, and just connective storytelling, but then carving out the, the little corner of that, that is the garden, you know, that the guardians of the galaxy makeup, I mean, it could stand alone on its own, even without Mm. being propped up by the MCU. Nice. That's cool. And and you can see what a lot of other sci-fi has tried to do mm-hmm. which James Gunn definitely pulls off here and it also helps having the money and resources of Marvel and Disney behind you and then like yeah. you know the iconic like IP and the built-in audience so like obviously James Gunn has had a lot of advantages granted bringing the Guardians of the Galaxy to the screen is like a very very lesser known team within the marvel comics universe
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so so there was that challenge of like making them compelling and telling a good story around those characters yeah um so so you know compared to like you know i don't know like the the fifth element and, and oh, what okay. Luc bassan yeah. did there and then with what he tried to do with there's another movie that that he did um You know where he was, where where he was trying to kind of pull off the same thing, but like, you know, James Gunn has had gets a lot of a lot of boost from Disney and Marvel to to have pulled this off, and yet he did it, and exceeded not only like not only like exceeded expectations, but exceeded them by a long way. Anyway, nice, um, yeah. A fun oh. little exercise. If you want to do that, you should right. go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. But okay. if you have a chance, and if you, and it makes it easier if you have um, a Disney Plus subscription, I do go through and watch the Guardians run, okay. but only from the Guardians scenes, right? So like one and two, and then only the scenes that they appear in in uh, Infinity War and End Game, mm-hmm. and then and then the only the first act of Thor love and thunder and then the Christmas special and then watch it. And it's, it's a fun little ride. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I'm assume that's a watch for
0: you. Oh, absolutely. It's a watch. Yeah. Go, go watch it on (laughs) Amex while you you can, while you can before the next temple thing starts. Okay.
1: Sounds good. All right. Well, that's our take on some current Things that are out there, and if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, give us five stars, a glowing review. We appreciate you. Our podcast will reach more people, and we would absolutely love that. So, thanks again to Tyler Hobbs, Space Ranger, for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Final Take Pod. Email us at The Final Take at gmail.com. Check out all of our episodes on our website, which we probably need to update. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah,
0: might might be a little behind. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably yeah. have to get on that. That's all right.
1: <laughs> we'll get there. And then uh, yeah. Right. So until next time, we're gonna we're gonna look at doing some uh, commentary episodes um, for some for some films that came out. Uh, I think yeah. We're gonna, we promised the Cocaine Bear, maybe Renfield.
0: I think um, I think we should I think we should like test it out with Cocaine Bear. The, the, the commentary watch along with us
1: yeah so we'll, we'll also release that as a uh, commentary but also so you can follow along but also we'll, we'll, we'll cut out the uh, um, all the pauses and then just you, just a quick one run through if you want to listen to that um, and then uh, you know, I I'll think I'll be I would,
0: interested to see how many of our tens of listeners are like would yeah, actually want to listen to a commentary. I
1: want to listen to <laughs> a, a follow
0: commentary. along commentary.
1: Let's do it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but hey, um, the guy Richie's The Covenant came out, so we got to check that out.
0: Oh, nice! So, yeah, there's yeah, some, there's some stuff going. coming up. We're entering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're entering summer. Summer. summer blockbusters. Blockbuster season. Big
1: summer. Yeah, that's right. So. Hey, and for those of who don't know, um, I just saw the trailer for my big fat Greek Redding three. Oh boy. Which I thought was the search for part two. Because I had no idea there was a part two out there. So
0: <laughs> there were two other ones in this.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I mean I remember the my big fat Greek wedding that just blew up. But yeah, that part, was huge. part two, I was like, Where'd that come from? So yeah. it was like three? there's a third one <laughs> there, there I mean there was a second one so anyway it did well clearly good time. so all right until next time we'll see you then